I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, they did it. Give Michigan all the credit in the world. They are national champions. But what is the legacy for Michigan and for Jim Harbaugh on all of this? It's Carlin versus Joe. On this Tuesday on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Apparently, it was just my heart wanting to take that five and a half points last night, Joseph. Yeah. In hindsight, had I done the exact opposite of every bet I actually made, I would have done quite well last night. Yeah. But I didn't take the opposite of everything well, that I liked. You the Colston Loveland over. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The night was so far gone that by the time that prop hit in the middle of the fourth and my phone was blowing up, Loveland hit, Loveland hit. It doesn't matter. We're already in financial ruin at this point. This one prop, I'd almost rather have just lost it for the clean sweep. But I'll say this, Joe Fortenball, not a man who's going to lay down. Three NBA bets coming your way in this show. We're going to get right back on that horse. Absolutely. Rapid fire right at it. And I love it. It's Carlin versus Joe. And we are just getting started. And we start with last night with the fact that Michigan won this national championship. And listen, everybody is talking about what Jim Harbaugh's future is. That's fine. We're going to get to that. But we need to spend a few minutes here talking about what this national championship means for Michigan, what it means in terms of their legacy, what it means in terms of Jim Harbaugh's legacy. And Joseph, I look at last night and the players to me, what a fantastic job, whether it's Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards early, that Michigan offensive line really doing a phenomenal job in the first half, uh, facing, you know, some adversity in the second half when seemingly Washington had figured them out, slowed them down a bit. Washington gave themselves a chance, but ultimately Michigan and their players made more than enough plays to win this game. But what does it mean? I can't look at a championship here and what the legacy for Michigan will be, what the legacy for Jim Harbaugh with me would be without telling the entire story of the season. And it strikes me that many people are just willing to completely look the other way on all of it. And they're not just Michigan fans, Joe. It seems like there's a lot of people out there who just, don't even want to think about it because it just feels not inconvenient, but almost like we don't want the negativity that comes with it. So we're just going to enjoy this championship and the fact that that team did it. I am always going to have to tell the whole story. Very noble of you. We appreciate that because that's what history needs the storytellers. We need your take preserved in history. So 5,000 years from now when they look back, Someone has the accurate representation of what this Michigan championship truly means. I'm one of those individuals that kind of sweeps the allegations and everything that's happened aside. Not because I don't believe them. Not because they're not serious. It's just that they were allowed to keep playing. And then they kept winning. And then they won the whole thing. Like, what am I supposed to do? 
We're in a situation where if it's like, hey, this is egregious. They have been cheating. We have improprieties. People need to stand up and take notice. Okay, well then let's do something about it. Well, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not actually going to do anything about it. Okay, so what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to get all worked up when the powers that be don't even do anything about it? I mean, there will be a penalty, I guess, somewhere down the road, and we'll have moved on to the next scandal, but it's hard for me to sit here and bang the drum today. College football is my favorite sport. And I'm not a Michigan fan. I'm a Penn State grad. It makes me sick to see them win. But I sit there, and I, I can't come out here to say, it's no, no, it's tainted. It's tainted, everybody. Stand up. They let them play. They let the whole thing continue. They went on. They won the whole thing. What else are we supposed to do? Here's Jim Harbaugh on this very topic. It couldn't have gone better. It went exactly how we wanted it to go uh, to win every game. The off-the-field off issues were innocent. <clears throat> And, and we stood we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent. And I just like to point that out. And these guys, these guys are innocent. Yeah. Overcome that. It wasn't that hard because we we knew we were innocent. We knew we were innocent, but I took six games in suspensions for the year. Yeah, this part's a bit odd. This yeah. part, I, I, I kind of wish we had played that before I went on my rant about how I was going to kind of let it slide because that's just, that's oh, where it, if you, Innocent men don't go ahead and just take take plea deals. You take plea no. deals when you're guilty. You plead down. You don't yeah. plead up. Harbaugh's yeah. a, Har, the Harbaugh CPU shows us why we don't have to worry about AI. <laughs> the, the Harbaugh AI CPU is pleading up in his plea deal, not pleading down. I feel that much more better about the future with AI, considering what we've seen from Harbaugh the last couple of weeks. Beat it, Listen. machines. <laughs> not on our watch. <laughs> Bag it, losers. This is our world. Uh all right, look, look, with that being said, <laughs> I don't even get that wrapped up in, in what <laughs> goes on in Jim's brain and whatever he wants to portray as the truth as to what goes on. Yeah, you can't go down that path. No, no, because it, it's a fruitless endeavor. What I would say is that at this point, if if that's how we're going to approach this, then the truth has never mattered less. And we've seen that in many different ways uh, over the last several years. But this in particular, like, uh, okay, why would I just ignore all of it? Because they did do something. They they did do something. I mean, Michigan, at the beginning of the year, put something on themselves to try to get it over with. And then later in the year, they're presented with all the evidence that's there. And it's, okay, we'll take it. No, but but no, no, we're innocent the whole way. Like, it all plays into it. We could say that they would have won these games without it. We could say all these things. Then why did they do it along the way? And did it stop? I, I, I don't know for sure that any of it stopped. So I, I don't want to take it away from the players, but at the same, because they're the ones putting their, their bodies on the line out there. But at the same time, this legacy for this school in winning this championship i look at the last few years they wanted to fire the coach then the scandal reportedly started when you know he went in and took this uh, contract that was not exactly ironclad for the future and all of a sudden their fortunes changed over a couple of years so it seems like it's too convenient to just ignore all of it. Here's the legacy that we should be taking away from this. And there are a lot of people that aren't going to like this and and you're one of them. And I'll start by saying I've never really been a fan of Harbaugh's. It's nothing personal. I just you know, it just 
I can't relate to that guy. Yeah. Like, I need to be able to relate to you in a little bit to be a fan yeah. of yours, right? Like, you know, so I'll throw that out there. But uh, he is now on the Rushmore of best current coaches, pro or college. He's in that top four category. We can oh, talk I don't disagree with that. Well, I think he's a great coach. I just think that he does everything above and beyond what he needs to do. I mean, he took a team to a Super Bowl in the NFL, and then he figured out a way to do it this way here the last few and, years. And that's what we should really be talking about today. Because right now, Jim Harbaugh's coaching resume, I'm holding it in front of me. It's extraordinary. As we talk about coaching, hiring, and firings, Right now, Harbaugh overall, college and pro together, 192 victories, 74 defeats, one tie. He has won 72% of his games across two levels, coaching four teams. Five and three in the NFL playoffs with a Super Bowl appearance. Three college football playoff appearances with a national championship. At San Diego, he went 29 and six. At Stanford, he went 29 and 21. With the 49ers, he went 44, 19, and 1. And at Michigan, he's 88 and 25. And that was a, I'm not going to say a dumpster fire program that he took over, but they were nowhere near of the prominence that people remember them from way back in the day. Michigan is a legitimate brand because of Jim Harbaugh. He shows up, he builds, he wins, and then he leaves, but he competes at the highest level. There aren't many people if any right now, that you can look at their resume across that many teams and that many levels and see that kind of success. That's the legacy conversation we should have today. You don't have to like Jim Harbaugh, but he's absolutely between every pro coach out there right now and every college coach out there right now on the Rushmore for football coaches. I I do have one question for you. Sure. How are we going to feel about all of that being said if, you know, after all is said and done, Harbaugh's off in the league making $13 million a year coaching the Bears or whoever. And Michigan then down the line has to deal with all the fallout from these different scandals. And let's just hypothetically say that it actually came with having to vacate this eventually. It's, How are they going to feel about it? I don't, first of all, I don't think anyone buys into the whole vacate thing. It's like, you got to vacate. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it's happened. So I mean, I'll, I'll it happened to Louisville in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, so mentally, hold on. Let me answer your are, first question. Let me answer yeah. your first question. You're all over the place. Get organized. Ask a question, organized. get an answer, then ask another question, get an answer. I would say we're going to feel the same way we feel about Pete Carroll. Anytime we talk about Pete Carroll's legacy, no one goes, well, remember how he left USC? Like, it gets mentioned, it's a footnote, but he won at USC, mm. he won with the Seahawks, he's an all-time great. Whatever happens with Michigan down the line, it's not going to matter. Harbaugh, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. He's doing it at both levels. But my point is, if you're a Michigan fan, how are you going to feel about all of that? Well, I mean, down if the you, line. If you undergo – how many people right now – we got two Jets fans in the back – how many years of futility would you two trade moving forward, not what you've already endured, for one Super Bowl? How many years of losing seasons, Wilner, would you take in a row if you got the Super Bowl next season? Rest of my life. Rest of your life. Handman? Probably. Well, I mean, we're guaranteeing a Super Bowl. You win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. If I tell you you get that, how many seasons after that would you be willing to take a losing a losing record? I think I'm with Evan. I think I could go the rest of my life. Rest of your life. Yeah. See, there you go, Carly. Mm. That's it. There's no Michigan fan that's going to go, well, it's tainted. It's been vacated. They remember this ride. They love it.
It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are just getting started on a jam-packed Tuesday NFL playoffs. Also, can I interrupt real quick? Imagine being a Jets fan. Listen to what those two just said. (laughs) I know. In one Super Bowl, they go the rest of their life. They're not old men. They're young men. (laughs) And so we're talking like 60 years of losing for one Super Bowl. That's the current state of the Jet fan, ladies and gentlemen. Would you do it for a Super Bowl appearance? Like, what's the lowest level that you would... Would you, would you do it for give, a preseason win? Handman's giving up a kidney for a 500 record. <laughs> I almost popped a bottle of champagne when they beat the Patriots on Sunday. Wilner was so happy with that meaningless win. Oh, he really was. He really was. Jets were too. Uh, and I get it. When a team is owned you for 15 straight. But listen, you want to give it up for the rest of your life? Considering the pain you've been through, I get it. I get it. It's a good little dose of morphine for a year or two. I guarantee you that. We've got some breaking news that's it's really not good for one NFL team, one NFL playoff team for that matter, and a coach who might be coaching for his job on Super Wild Card Weekend and not the one that you necessarily think. Carlin versus Joe, you have a chance to be a part of our program on the Carlin versus Joe Nation. Dr. Pepper, call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Who's coaching for his job? And we're not talking about Mike McCarthy, at least like right now we're not, on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. From now on, please think of me as fat, sassy, and spoiled. That's what I want <laughs> to be. It's going to be hard not to. Exactly. Impossible not to. I just found the epitaph for my life. 
Listen, I, I absolutely would be more than comfortable with that being on my tombstone, and that's all good. Fat, sassy, spoiled. Unfortunately, I don't feel like I'm going to feel that way this weekend based on some of the news we're getting here. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, also on your smart speaker. Carlin versus Joe, breaking news. Just moments ago, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin said T.J. Watt officially out for this week against the Bills with that sprained MCL, which for those who are uninitiated to it, sprained actually does mean that there is a tear in there. It's just we don't know how bad the tear is and whether he'll be able to play through it. If Look at the big brain on Carlin. Well, I'm just, you know, listen, the, the, uh, there's a lot of people who uh, honestly turned to me when you have two doctors in your family and you worked at a pharmacy, you're pretty much a doctor. And that's me. So You're the one that worked at a pharmacy? Yes. What'd you do at the pharmacy? I delivered. I drove around and listened to sports radio and I delivered. <laughs> that's what I did. I made sure you stayed alive. Exactly. I delivered that life-saving medicine and occasionally a carton of smokes to you. <laughs> When you needed it in the snow. That's what I did. Well, here we go. Bill's 10-point favorites for this matchup. I haven't seen anything move since the news came out, but I think it was already factored into the line. We saw them open yeah. somewhere around as a, a double-digit favorite. It got as low as 9, 9.5, then popped back up. Look at the under in this game, too. It dipped from 41.5 to about 36.5, given the what we've seen from the Bill's offense in recent weeks some potential weather, Steeler offense, not exactly a juggernaut right now. That game's got the potential to be, as you power rank these games, I know we're, we're not going to dive into this at this moment, but as you mm. power rank these games, that one might be one of the, the least appealing this weekend. Uh, I, on paper, it certainly is. Right. Uh, on paper. The yet Bills somehow, haven't been as fun as we're used to seeing. Yeah, somehow. Again, it could be my own personal uh, thoughts that have really carried throughout the season about Buffalo, but there's still the thought somewhere in my head that they could actually lose that game, but it's hard, <laughs> getting harder and harder to believe that. Well, it's a big head. There's plenty of room up there. Oh, grande cabeza, my friend. <laughs> then, speaking of big heads, there's Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia and what's going on with the Eagles. You know, uh, they have collapsed just so poorly. And when you look at the entire picture of what's gone on, they lost their offensive and defensive coordinators this past year. Uh, to head coaching jobs and they went and replaced them and midway through the season or later in the year things got so bad defensively that Nick Sirianni had to make another change of coordinator and bring in Matt Patricia who's been equally as awful for everything that's gone on and now the Eagles who were 10 and 1 uh, find themselves basically falling apart at every turn yet We've got Sirianni out there, Joe, and and you know what he reminds me of with some of these statements? He reminds me of Kevin Bacon in Animal House when they are looting the food king <laughs> and he is standing in the middle of the road saying, all is well. None of us are quitters. We all get up off the mat and we keep going. When you are when you get hit in life, when you get hit in football, you got two options. You can stay down, you can get the F up. And I know this group is fighters. I know this group will get up. I know that we've all been through things in our life that is, that's, that we've had all had to deal with shit. 
and we know how to get up. And that's why we're all sitting in this room. The same message that I talked to the guys about last year, you know, going into the NFC Championship game about not only are we physically tough, we're mentally tough and thinking about all the stuff that you've been through in your life and why you're in this seat right now. There's the same message I would say right now. We're fine. We're fighting. It's all okay. I'll throw in a couple of curses to make my people in Philadelphia feel better. You can't tell everyone you're not quitters when we just watched you quit. Yeah. That's exactly what you did, and you did it two different ways. You showed up for the Giants game looking to try to compete and win that game, and then you kind of soft quit. You know how they call it soft quitting now with jobs? Like people will just – Kind of you just, just do stop doing your work. Right. You'll stop doing your work <laughs> and you'll keep getting paid until they eventually fire you. I love it how we just put a phrase on that. Uh, it's soft. It's soft quitting. It, yeah. No, that's been going on for years. I'm just glad we put the, the terminology on it. But yeah, that 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 was what they were doing. They were soft quitting at the beginning of the game. And then dudes start getting dinged up left and right. And Sirianni realizes, oh, we should just get everyone the hell out of here. Yank him out of the game. We're going to officially quit. But like, you quit on two different levels, and then you came out and told us you're not a bunch of quitters. You are quitters. By definition, that's what we saw. There's no shame in that. You've been a very good team over the last two years, and you're going through a rough patch. And if you turn it around this week, you have an excellent opportunity to go to Tampa Bay and beat the Buccaneers. After all, the odds makers have you as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So it's not even like it's that daunting of a challenge you're going to face to win a singular playoff game. The thing is, you got to go out there and figure it out. And I don't think it's necessarily X's and O's, and I don't think it's talent. There's something going on with this team where they just don't really look like they care all that much right now. It's not out of the realm that Nick Sirianni is coaching for his job right now. Ooh, okay. It's not out of the realm. And the reason being is everything that we've talked about. Where they are right now versus where they were in the middle of the year, all of the success that guys like, you know, Shane Steichen had uh, in Indianapolis this season, really reviving that uh, team. And you start to think about what kind of an impact the coordinators had last year and how much were they actually responsible for the success. And there's one other thing here too. There's Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, who certainly are going to make sure, at least Howie is, that He's going to get his share of the credit for everything that's gone on. They're going to look at this. You think Howie's taking the blame for this team falling apart? Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. He he was the architect of making sure Andy Reid took all the blame back in the day. Exactly. And once this is one of the all-time great executives at learning from mistakes in terms of maintaining power. He lost all his power with Chip Kelly, and he was never going to lose it again after that. Now, they've had success. But do you think it's out of the realm of possibility that if they lost a game 24-3 this weekend and went quietly into the night that they could fire Nick Sirianni? Not at all. I don't. I, I think that is absolutely in play. Absolutely in yeah. play. You go humiliate yourself at Tampa Bay in a winnable game. Again, you're the favorite. You're not Pittsburgh as a 10-point dog going to Buffalo, right? You're not the Rams as a 3.5-point dog going to um, – why am I blanking? Detroit. Yeah. Right. You're not. You're not those situations. You're a favorite. You're expected to win. You're expected to go down there and beat a team that isn't that great. They're average. You go down there and you get humiliated like you did against the Giants, and then it comes to light that stuff behind the scenes was just very, very messy. Yeah, I could absolutely see the Eagles moving on. It's crazy to think because if you just took the name and the dysfunction that they currently apparently are experiencing out of the equation, the last two years, Nick Sirianni to this point, twenty-five and nine. 
25 and 9 with a Super Bowl appearance. You would never think, especially with the team going to the playoffs, you would never think that a guy like that would be in jeopardy. And yet, mm. here we are, given how bad the end of the season has gone. You can lose games, but the manner in which the Eagles have just gotten pushed around, the manner in which they've laid down and died, the manner in which they've shown zero resilience through the hardest part of the schedule with a head coach who's gotten quite testy with the media shows you that they're not necessarily a well-run operation right now. You know, just I want to get your take on this as an Eagles fan real quick. The fact that Jonathan Gannon came in with the Cardinals and beat them, <sighs> like, is that going to be one of the biggest death knells if, in fact, Sirianni is in trouble? Gannon took the blame for the Super Bowl loss. He was the D.C. Yeah. who let the Chiefs go down the field four possessions, four scores, 24 total points. Yeah. Gannon took the heat, and he walked in there with an inferior team and beat them. Yep. Boy, I tell you, it's fascinating. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And by the way, why don't we see if Nick Sirianni is in fact coaching for his job this coming Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, which includes Monday Night Eagles Bucks on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, and ESPN+. Plus. Way to work in a plug around a man's future. I think it's outstanding. <laughs> uh, one Super Bowl champion is going to tell us what it's going to take for the Eagles to make a Super Bowl run, and is another coach getting ready for his final weekend at the helm of his organization. That's all coming up after I have this from our friends at Indeed. And Joseph, the new year, it's the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. And there's no better way to do that than through Indeed. The hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Next the hassle, start hiring indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Wow. Wow. And wow. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We have got major breaking news that just came over about 90 seconds ago. Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. 
Adam Schefter reporting that the Titans have fired Mike Vrabel. Wow. I am surprised by that. And I think that's one of those situations, Joe, where they they had Rand Carthon, who came in last year uh, after he was, what, with the 49ers, I believe. And it never got the sense that maybe they were necessarily on the same page. So they just decided today, a day later, to make that move. I am surprised that they did this because... I think they might have actually been able to extract something for Mike Vrabel if he, in fact, wanted to go to New England. This reminds me of the scene in Godfather with Mo Green. Oh, you don't buy me out. I buy you out. Yeah. Remember, everyone was thinking, well, Vrabel is just going to leave Tennessee. Vrabel could go to New England. Vrabel would be a hot coaching prospect anywhere else, but it would depend on whether or not Tennessee would let him go. Tennessee like Mo Green. Sitting there saying, no, 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 you don't leave me, we leave you. Yeah. You're out. Well, now, That's let's... obviously a joke, but that's that's the big surprise. And we go over this every year during the regular season. There's always at least one big surprise every coaching cycle following week 18 or in the past week 17, and this is going to be it. I mean, Rabel has done a wonderful job in Tennessee, but he hasn't been – that great the last couple years, and a lot of that has to do with the ingredients in which he's been given. Whoever's responsible for the quarterback drafting in that in that organization, that's the guy you got to look at. And if Rabel's had a piece in that, then it's understandable because the Malik Willis draft pick looks to be a terrible one. They can't even get that kid on the field. And then on top of that, you bring in Will Levis this year, and he looked okay at times, but he keeps getting dinged up. And I remember thinking about how aggravated Vrabel looked when they traded away A.J. Brown. So let's get more uh, perspective on this right now. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us right now on Carlin versus Joe. Uh, Jeff, it's Chris and Joe. Let's just start there. Your reaction to this news that literally came over in the last three minutes. Yeah, pr- probably not as surprised as you guys are. Uh, oh. I had heard some things about this uh, over the last couple weeks, and um you know, you, you just never know at this time of year what's true and what's not true. But uh, I had heard some things. And, I mean, the reality is, um, you know, like you said, like I think, Joe, you just said it. I mean, he was, I think he was 6-18 and 18, uh, the last couple of years. And, and the reality is the division. I mean, he, he's either 1-9 in division games. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Colts and Texans basically played for a playoff spot. And then you had the Jags who played for a play. So, so it had had the Jags won. Um, you know, you got you got two teams in the AFC South that are going to, and, and that doesn't include you. I think from Tennessee, Tennessee's perspective, uh, they see everybody in the division getting better, young quarterbacks, uh, and you're not. Uh, um, and like you said, whether that can be attributed to, to Braves or not. Doesn't you know? There, 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 there's there, there's no uh, you know there's no there's no uh, not enough blame to go around I guess for lack of a better term, and whether that was Robinson who is no longer there and Carthon just looked at it and decided hey, uh, you know, we're going to do something else. Uh, but that's uh, yeah, I, I, I'm probably not as surprised, but uh, disappointed for Braves either way. 13 and 21 over the last two seasons. Last playoff win was in the divisional okay. round against the Ravens back in 2019. Went to the playoffs in 2020, lost in the wild card to the Ravens. Went to the playoffs in 2021. You'll remember they had the one seed there, and then they got upset by the Bengals 19 16 in a game that started horribly for Ryan Tannehill. I think he was picked off on the first play of the game. All right, Jeff. So with Rabel out there, Assuming he would decide, you know what, I want to keep coaching. I don't want to take any time off. Do you think he's a hot candidate for some of these vacancies? 
Ooh, um, I'm sure that I'm sure he'll get interviews. I, I don't know. Like this is a weird cycle right now. You know, you think Harbaugh to me is probably the hottest uh, coaching name on the market. If Belichick comes free, he'll be a a super hot name as well. Dan Quinn's team is still playing, um, but his name he's gonna he's gonna get opportunities. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it would depend on, um, you know, what teams are looking for. Are they looking for a defensive-minded guy or or an offensive-minded guy? And it just – I'll just be honest. Like, it just tends in my world to think most people are trying to go develop that quarterback, develop that offense, um, and kind of get that, you know, that mindset when you see what Steichen did uh, there in Indy with a young quarterback. But – you know, maybe maybe it does go. I mean, the same way you look at D'Amico Ryan's brand new defensive guy. They have a they have um, uh, you know a young quarterback. But again, I think uh, Slowick is going to get opportunities as well. The the offensive coordinator there in uh, in Houston, I think he'll be a hot name. So, I, I, you know, you just you just never know. It's it's kind of like what 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 are the owners looking for? Um, but I don't. Th- I'm not sure it's as a shoe in as people think of like. New England, that fit, you know, I, I think that, I think that, um, you know, Kraft has a lot to decide with uh, Belichick and Belichick has put the pressure on him. You know, he's saying all the right things that he would take a minimum, you know, a, a diminished role in certain areas. If it was best for the team, he's going to make them fire him. You know what I mean? This ain't going to be a, this ain't going to be a, uh, an easy departure. So it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting right now for sure. All right. Wow. This is great stuff from Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. Um, Joe mentioned it earlier. There's always one that is somewhat surprising. And all right, maybe we are a little bit more surprised than others are. But when you look at this coming weekend, you know, is Nick Sirianni, is Mike McCarthy, are they potentially coaching for their jobs this weekend? You know, as crazy as it sounds, I would say Sirianni probably more than McCarthy. Um, and, 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 you know, and this, again, these are not my thoughts, you know what I mean, or my desire. Like, you know, I, I think Sirianni has done a, done a great job there in Philly, um, you know, goes to the Super Bowl last year and, and, and makes a name and then loses two coordinators. Uh, but it does not, you know, one in five after a 10 and one start, and the type of losses that you that, that you're taking, and especially last weekend against the Giants, good heavens! Like that, uh, they didn't even look like they were prepared. I mean, they got an offense that knows Wink Martindale's going to blitz you every play. It's like they, they they you know they were studying for a French test, and they were actually in history class. Like it was, you just had no idea what <laughs> they were thinking. And so uh, those are the kinds of things you know. You have an early exit and. And Tampa, you know, beat you, and and you know, then then I do think like Roseman, and I, 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 you know, they fired Doug Peterson two years after a Super Bowl. I mean, it happens quick in Philly. They're looking to win. Um, they have different expectations, and so um, you you can't tell me they've gotten better on either side of the ball, and that that's not a good that's not a good sign for for a head coach and with a team that had expectations of either repeating a Super Bowl or going to win the Super Bowl this year. Jeff, great stuff. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks. No, I love you, fellas. Have a great one. Thanks, yeah, Jeff. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. Very interesting stuff right there from Jeff. Not surprised as, as much as we are about Vrabel. Maybe not necessarily a shoe-in in New England. That bombshell just dropping moments ago. Mike Vrabel fired by the Tennessee Titans. 
We've got a lot more on it. And if, in fact, this is such a lockadini in New England for Vrabel and Robert Kraft next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 15 minutes, Adam Schefter will join us with the very latest on the firing of Mike Vrabel by the Tennessee Titans. If you're just joining us, it happened about 15 minutes ago. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Look, you know how I feel about guys who have gotten fired and immediately get the next job. I have always felt that when that happens, you are in essence telling the guy that just got cut loose that he didn't do anything wrong. In this instance, I would go against my own instincts there. That would not play one bit of a factor into hiring Mike Vrabel as my coach. I thought for sure, and I was not the only one, that if the Patriots wanted Vrabel, they may have to give up something to get him, and now he is a free agent. If we are moving on from Belichick, I can't do it fast enough right now if that was the plan all along. Well, so none of this has given you any pause. Not to say your no. instincts are wrong, but again, you you have been very steadfast in the, I don't want to hire the guy who was just fired. And for those who haven't heard it before, what's the main reasoning behind that? Well, because you're you're telling them that whatever just went wrong, none of it was your fault. Very fair. You know? Very astute. And, but, but when I say that, I think about guys like Adam Gase when he got fired in Miami and gets hired by the Jets. I think about, you know, there have been plenty of the, I think about Eric Mangini fired by the Jets, immediately hired by the Cleveland Browns. Frank Reich? Frank Reich, same thing. I, I hate that. This case, I don't buy it because I think Vrabel's that good of a coach and I think his guys love him. Okay, so let's, let me play devil's advocate just for a bit here. And I like Mike Vrabel as well, So, but this is just devil's advocate. He took over in 2018. He took over for Mike Malarkey. Now, Malarkey, the year before, went 9-7 and seven and lost in the divisional round of the Patriots. It's not as if it was a terrible team that Vrabel was taking over. He stepped in. The team had been to the playoffs. They were 9-7. and seven. He immediately went 9-7, and seven, missed the playoffs. Not knocking him for missing the playoffs, but just it's not like they got a whole lot better his first year. The next year... They go nine and seven. But we remember that as the year they made that improbable run 
to the AFC Championship game where they eventually lost to the Chiefs 35-24. Solid season. Ryan Tannehill was at quarterback. Came back the following year, went 11-5, so they're getting better in the regular season, but then they lose in the wild card round of the playoffs. They don't go anywhere in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Following year, they go 12-5, and and they were the number one seed, and then Cincinnati comes into their house and beats them up in that game, and they lose 19-16. In a game where they were a big favorite there. Then after that, they go 7-10. and 10. Then after that, they go 6-11. and 11. I would look at what's happened the last couple of years. I would look at the fact that you had Rand Carthon, a new GM, come in last year. I don't think that they were always necessarily on the same page. And I would say personnel-wise, there was a lot that went on that clearly Mike Vrabel didn't agree with. I, you saw how angry he looked when they were trading away A.J. Brown. I mean, you're, you're, look at what he did for Philadelphia. Uh, to me, I'm not saying none of this was Vrabel's fault, but I'm not operating under those assumptions when I see how my players respond to him, when I see, for the most part, how my teams are with him. And they win games like they did the other day, Joe. They knocked off a team that had considerably more talent than they did considerably more. I'm not giving all the credit to Vrabel, but the Titans weren't laying down for anybody. That would have been an easy opportunity for a team to just step aside for a divisional opponent and and they could have trounced him. But no, no, they went. Winning every damn game was just as important to Mike Vrabel. It's even days like that that make me not hesitate to want to hire the guy. Yeah, I mean, we saw that firsthand. The commanders laid down and died. Um, the Panthers laid down and died. Panthers didn't score a, f- a single point in either of their last two games. There were several teams that in big spots, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons didn't do a whole lot. There were teams that had opportunities and went out and did nothing in the final week of the season. Vrabel got his guys to play, and they sprung the upset in that game. Just to play devil's advocate, I like him too. I think mm. he's a solid head coach. But Jeff Saturday coming on, like the follow-up to how surprised are we, he lays out his case, and then it's like, all right, so is he going to be a head co- hot coaching candidate? You got to figure if he wants to keep coaching, someone comes calling. He paused. It was like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, maybe we have overestimated this situation a little bit. Maybe we've put him on a certain pedestal, and there's guys around the league thinking, nah, I mean, he's all right. He did a decent job, but he's not at the top of the list in a hiring cycle that could have Bill Belichick out there and could have Jim Harbaugh out there. Well, this – Part of a quote that just came from Amy Adams Strunk, the Titans controlling owner, kind of speaks to what I was just talking about a minute ago. As the NFL continues to innovate and evolve, I believe the team's best position for sustained success will be those who empower an aligned and collaborative team across all football functions. Last year, we began a shift in our approach to football leadership and made several changes to our personnel to advance that plan. As I continue to assess the state of our team, I arrived at the conclusion that the team would also benefit from a fresh approach and perspective of new coaching staff. Translation, Vrabel and Ryan Carthon were not on the same page. Yeah, it's amazing how sports radio morons like you and I can sit here and talk about this every year and some of these organizations can't figure this out in terms of just getting the GM and the head coach on the same page. You're bringing in a GM who inherits a coach that's already there. 
I can tell you right now, ego's going to get in the way. That's going to be a problem. You bring in a head coach for a quarterback that's already there. I can tell you right now, ego's going to be a problem. The new coach is going to come in. He is not going to want to win with that quarterback because if he does, everyone's going to say, yeah, it wasn't you. It was the previous regime. Look no further than Tampa Bay. Anytime you start a sentence by saying, John Gruden won a Super Bowl, the immediate ensuing sentence is, yeah, but it was Tony Dungy's guys. Yeah. It always goes that way. There is a huge ego factor at play here. Those who can put the ego to the side, they're always going to have an advantage in every walk of life. Every walk of life, if you can get the ego out of the way. But in this industry, it is extraordinarily difficult. You look at Seattle, Schneider, and Carroll have been aligned for years, and they've had a ton of success. If you can figure that out, it's step one of moving in the right direction. The problem is so many of these franchises can't get that part right. Adam Schefter saying just moments ago as well on Twitter that Mike Vrabel is now expected to be a tier one candidate for other head coaching jobs. And Adam is going to join us six minutes from now. What is and this? What, what is it? Tier one. What is this like an air, airline boarding status? Yeah, it's a group. Tier one. Yeah, Mike Vrabel, come on to the front, Mike. You exactly. and the military veterans and those with kids. Come on. Vrabel, <laughs> kids, military veterans get the board. Carlin. Fatty, you're going to wait 15 minutes. See you in Group 8, Row 42B. <laughs> right, enjoy the bathroom, pal. Yeah, no carry-ons for you. Absolutely not. And by the way, the arms the arms on the seats don't move. That's also another problem. I, look, I mean, Jeff Saturday said it a few minutes ago with us. He doesn't think he's a lock in New England. He doesn't think that it's absolutely 100% that Vrabel will be the choice up there if they do move on from Belichick. If I ask you right now, one week from now, is Vrabel the head coach of the Patriots? What do you say? No, I think he's a strong candidate. I really think Bob Kraft, wants, Mr. Kraft, excuse me, Randy Scott told me that. I can't call him Bobby. What? Uh, it's a whole thing. I'll tell you about that later. Okay. Mr. Kraft, I think, is going to want a completely fresh approach. I think you want to – it's been two decades. I think it's a completely fresh approach. New coach, new quarterback. The only guy who gets Mr. Kraft is the guy that invented mac and cheese, okay? That'll work for me. Let's stop with that. This is a fascinating story that is developing as we speak. Mike Vrabel fired moments ago by the Tennessee Titans. In just four minutes, Adam Schefter joins us on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.